It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, December 21st, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Three new coronavirus cases were reported in Sitka over the weekend, according to data from the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services. The new cases keep Sitka in high alert, with 23 cases reported in the last week. While no new hospitalizations in Sitka have been reported to the state's COVID dashboard in the last seven days, the total number of hospitalizations increased by three, from 28 to 31, possibly due to a lag in reporting within the DHSS. Since the pandemic began nearly two years ago, Sitka has reported 1,294 coronavirus cases, 31 hospitalizations, and six deaths. Herring was always going to be center stage for the Sitka Fish and Game Advisory Committee during its intense round of meetings this fall. And even as the group poured over a big stack of other salmon and shellfish proposals, herring was never out of the limelight for long. KCAW's Catherine Rose takes a look back at which herring proposals got the nod from the Sitka AC before they're handed to the Alaska Board of Fisheries at its meeting next month in Ketchikan. It took the Sitka Fish and Game Advisory Committee five long meetings to review 13 herring proposals, and only a few proposals got a thumbs up. In November, the committee approved only one of three proposals from the Sitka Tribe of Alaska. And in December, the group began reviewing herring again, starting off with several proposals from the Southeast Herring Conservation Alliance, a group that represents the interests of commercial fishermen. The alliance was an intervener in the lawsuit between the Sitka tribe and the state over the management of the commercial herring fishery. With Proposal 159, the group seeks to change a regulation that requires the state provide a reasonable opportunity for subsistence and consider the quality and quantity of herring spawn on branches when making management decisions about the commercial fishery. Commercial fisherman Justin Peeler said leaving the regulation as written could jeopardize the future of the fishery. You know, it was taken to court and stuff like that. And and maybe it's time to revise it. Maybe it's time to bring it on the floor and uh, and see if we can come up with something better or, or or what there is. And I think, you know, that is our our main intention is to is to uh, try to, you know, get out the misinterpretation of it. ADF and G biologist Aaron Dupuis said the state would be neutral on the proposal, but that it would continue to manage the fishery in the same way, whether or not it passed. STA Resource Protection Director Jeff Feldpouch said that wasn't a guarantee and the regulation needed to stay in place. This regulation has been in place since 2002. So we're looking at uh, 19 years uh, that it's been in place and it hasn't shut down a fishery yet. Um, Also, these court rulings came out in 2020. And to the best of my knowledge, we still had a fishery in 2021. Um, So it didn't shut the fishery down. The AC unanimously opposed Proposal 159. It also unanimously opposed Proposal 160, which seeks to reopen some closed waters to commercial harvest. And it unanimously opposed a measure to require subsistence fishing permits in order to harvest herring roe on branches in the Sitka Sound area. While the AC didn't favor the alliance's three proposals, it unanimously supported Proposal 162 to increase the possession limit for spawn on kelp harvest. And it voted 11 to 1 in favor of Proposal 163, proposed by Charles Olson, which seeks to establish equal share quotas for saners in the commercial fishery. 
Olson said he's been saning for 42 years and believes his proposal would rectify some problems with conservation, management costs, and safety. All of these problems can be fixed by simply creating a fishery that is equally shared by all of the permit holders. In an equal split fishery, the permit holder can choose when and how he wishes to catch a fish or can even decide not to catch any fish at all. Tension over the management of the fishery is one reason the herring meetings ran so long, with public comment on most of the proposals, many of which saw opposition from the public. Here's subsistence harvester and former tribal counselor Tom Gamble speaking on Proposal 159. I'm going to challenge you in public, each and every one of you on the board tonight, to stand with a spine for the herring, the herring, not the people that fish them, not the people who are fighting them in courts. I'm asking tonight for the support of the herring that we're not ending any fishery. We're saving it. All of these proposals are soon on their way to the Alaska Board of Fisheries for consideration. The board's two-week-long meeting on southeast finfish and shellfish proposals begins on January 4th in Ketchikan. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine Rose. You can find a full list of the herring proposals, how the Sitka Advisory Committee voted on each, and the letters of support they've written so far on our website at kcaw.org. The deadline to submit written comments on any proposal is December 22nd. In Juneau, civic leaders are always wary of simmering sentiments to move the state capital to the Matsu. One strategy some organizations use to quiet those calls and to keep the legislative process running smoothly is to give away downtown property to the legislature. Since statehood, the legislative branch's footprint in downtown Juneau has gone from a single building to a five-block complex. Most of the additions were donations. KTOO's Jeremy Shea reports that the latest gift is a three-story building just across from the Capitol. The property is known as the Assembly Building. It has about 24,000 square feet of space, plus underground parking. The Juneau Community Foundation bought it in August with its Juneau Capital Fund. The local assessor's office values it at nearly $1.5 million. Lawmakers think they can move some support offices there that are currently paying rent for space elsewhere. There's also potential for apartments that could make finding temporary housing for legislators and staff easier. But before working on the particulars, a legislative committee had to vote to accept the gift. And during the discussion leading into that vote, of course it came up. Some people don't want the seat of state government to be in Juneau at all. Here's Senator Laura Reinbold, a Republican from Eagle River. I don't think we need an empire in Juneau. I think that the road system is where the people are and that the legislature needs to have access to the people. I'm a big proponent of getting the legislature out of Juneau and on to the road system. She had other concerns, unknowns about the old building's condition, unknown renovation costs, and her personal challenge of getting to and from Juneau after Alaska Airlines banned her. For Senate President Peter Michicki, a Soldatna Republican, the potential savings outweighed the unknowns. This is a gift. We're not agreeing to spend a penny, and without spending a penny, we could have a substantial reduction of what we're spending for other space right now. I'm... The Capitol Complex is in Representative Sarah Hannon's district. The Juno Democrat says that adding the building won't sway Capitol Move supporters, but she says the potential apartments would make out-of-town legislators' lives in Juno easier and quiet some of the gripes. There may be savings there, too. Now, when you 
translate it to specific dollars, it's it's not a direct equation apples to apples because legislators currently get per diem to come here and find a place to stay. Housing is particularly hard to find in Juneau when the legislature meets outside of its regular sessions. The Legislative Council voted 10 to 4 to accept the property. Since then, Representative Hannon has been leading a subcommittee working on the specifics of what to do with the building. It still has some rent-paying tenants with leases that expire next November. Hannon says significant changes or office moves are unlikely before that. In Juneau, I'm Jeremy Shea. A new proposal would cut most of the amount of money Alaska lawmakers receive to cover expenses to live in Juneau during the legislative session. A member of a state commission that can change legislators' pay proposed on Thursday that their expenses be limited to $12,000 per year. Legislators have averaged nearly $30,000 in session expenses, known as per diems, over the last 12 years. Lee Cruz, a member of the State Officers' Compensation Commission, made the proposal. He says legislators are paid too much. We're grossly overpaying our representatives, grossly, to, to the point where it's, 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 it's honest to God, it's disgusting. Cruz rejected the idea that the public should pay legislators for meals beyond what they receive in their salaries. Since 2011, Alaska legislators' salaries have been a little more than $50,000 per year. We do not need these people to live well. We need them to live. The general public lives. They don't live well. He noted that Alaska legislators are paid more than the national average, and he emphasized that legislators are only required to work during the legislative session. Under state law, the commission has the power to recommend changes to the salaries of legislators, the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the commissioners of state departments. Those changes go into effect unless the legislature and governor reject them. Commission Chair Johnny Ellis floated the idea of raising legislators' salaries. Ellis is a former state senator. He says being in the legislature is more than a part-time job. Living in your home district across the state and living in Juneau for an extended at least 121 days under the Constitution, um, it was the 50400 has not kept up. Ellis says he has heard from members of the public that they would like to have legislators work for free. Cruz said it would be, quote, absurd to increase their pay. The commission will hold its next meeting on January 4th. The deadline for it to propose changes to the legislature is January 28th. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. This is Morning Edition.